Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would open our ears to hear what you have to say to us this morning. That the words that I bring are words that I believe you've given me. So that each one here will hear what you want to say to them. That you'll speak through me this morning to your children here. And you'd speak into each and every one's heart. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So last week, Jill deviated a little from the series on lessons from the life of David by looking at living like David and looking back at what God had been saying to us over the past year. Now looking back to two weeks ago in the series, we looked at how David was finally appointed as the king of Israel. He had been anointed as king when he was a boy, but he had to wait anything between 17 to 20 years to finally be appointed as the new king. In all that time, he served King Saul, never once tried to take the throne away from Saul. He was patient, loyal, and servant-hearted throughout that time. Today, we move on a little further in the account of David's life as the new king of all Israel. David and his men defeat the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem, and David occupies Jerusalem and makes it his place of residence, and it becomes the center of the focus for the kingdom of Israel. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messages to David, and cedar trees, also carpenters and masons, who built David a house. And David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron. And more sons and daughters were born to David. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 11 to 13. David establishes himself in Jerusalem, which becomes known as the city of David. Now what I want to focus on today is the portion of Scripture that follows what we've just read. Some theologians and biblical scholars believe that this, this portion of Scripture we're going to read um, happened before the portion that I've just read and that it happened before David captured Jerusalem. But the author arranged his narrative by topic rather than chronologically. So when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal Perizim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has burst through my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Therefore the name of that place is called Baal Perizim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. Now prior to David being made king of Judah, he had lived amongst the Philistines and was considered an ally. But now that he had become king of all Israel, he is seen as a threat to the Philistines. And so they come to make war against David and Israel. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. 
And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? Verses 18 and 19a of 2 Samuel, chapter 5. The Philistines spread out in the valley in preparation for the battle. But David, who had never been defeated in battle, doesn't go out immediately to fight against them. He does something else instead. He inquires of the Lord. He seeks the face of God and seeks direction from God. David had a strong army. His men were battle-hardened. They were not afraid to fight. They had good commanders, and they were well-trained. And they had won many battles together. David knew this, and yet before going to battle, he doesn't rally his troops and give them a pep talk to stir them up for battle. Rather, he withdraws and goes and seeks God's face and asks for permission from the Lord to go into battle, asking if it was the right thing to do and would he be successful in his battle. And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. The end of verse 19 of 2 Samuel 5. How many times do we face situations in our lives, large ones as well as small ones, and we make decisions regarding these situations all on our own, without seeking first and consulting the Lord. We rely on our experience and our own wisdom. I know I do it, and I'm sure most of you do it. Why do we do this when we have the ability to speak to our Heavenly Father at any time of the day or night and ask Him for His leading and guidance with regard to these decisions that we have to make? Why do we do that? Why do we make these decisions on our own? Do we do it because we know that God has given us a brain and wisdom and experience, and so we don't need to bother Him with something that we can make a decision on by ourselves? We don't want to burden the Lord with something that we are capable of dealing with. Parents, you moms and dads here in the room, and those online watching, how do you feel when your children come to you to ask for help or input when they are making a decision about something that is going on in their lives, even when you know they are capable of making the decision by themselves, how do you feel when they come to you? You feel great. You feel included in their lives. It's never a bother or a burden for you, is it? As parents, we love it when our children, especially when they are adults, come to us and ask for our opinion and input on a decision they're about to make. We love it. We are made in the image and likeness of God, and if we feel great about being asked for our input on a decision um, that has to be made, how do you think he feels when we don't ask him for his input and opinion on decisions that we make? How do you think that makes God feel? How do you think it makes him feel when we do ask for his input and opinion in our decision-making. No prayer is too small or too great for Father God to listen to and give a response to. We need to include him in all our decision-making. Now David and his army defeat the Philistines. And David came to Baal-perazim and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has burst through my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Therefore the name of that place is called Baal Perizim, 2 Samuel 5.20. 
Having sought the Lord, David and his army go out to do battle against the Philistines, and assured by God, they win the battle. God promised them the victory, but they still had to fight the fight. Now we live in the victory that Jesus attained for us with his death on the cross, his burial in the tomb, his resurrection from death, and his exit from the tomb, and his ascension to heaven. We live in the reality of that victory, but we still have to fight battles to overcome when the devil and his demons come against us and try to destroy us. We know that Jesus has won the victory, but we still need to stand, still need to seek God's face, still need to pray, still need to fight for the victory that Jesus has attained for us. Just like the devil is persistent in his attacks against the children of God, so the Philistines were too against David. They regroup after their first defeat and come back for a second attempt to fight against and defeat David and his army. There is no time frame given as to how long after the first battle that the Philistines returned to fight again. It could have been days, weeks, or even months. We're not sure. But they come back, and once more they come to fight against David, and once more David inquires of the Lord. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up, go around to the rear, and come against them opposite the balsam trees. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him, and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Giza. 2 Samuel 5, 25 The Philistines return, and David once more inquires of the Lord as to what to do. It is so important that David did this, and there's a great lesson to be learned from what David did. It is the same enemy, same army, spread out in the same place as the previous battle, which David and his army had won. So you would think that David would just go out and do what he did the first time, go out and defeat them. Fortunately, he does does do what he did the first time. He inquires of the Lord. How often do we find ourselves facing a situation in our lives that we've faced before? And we just do what we did the previous time, relying on our experience instead of being like David and seeking the Lord first. This is a lesson that we need to learn. When we are facing a situation that we have faced before and have been victorious and overcome the situation through the help of the Lord, we still need to seek the Lord first before trying to deal with and overcome the situation. Like David, we need to seek the Lord first because, we could, because he could have another plan, another way for us to overcome the situation that we are facing. David was given a different strategy for the second battle with the Philistines. Don't attack them face on like, like you did previ- the previous occasion, but rather go around to the rear and attack from that side only after hearing the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees. David is told to wait until the wind blows and the trees are blown about in the wind so that it sounds like an army marching. Then it is time to attack. By doing what the Lord instructed them to do, the Israelite army caught the Philistines totally by surprise. 
Firstly, the sound of their movements, their marching, were disguised by the sound of the wind in the balsam trees. And secondly, they attacked them from the rear, which meant that the Philistines' best and most experienced soldiers were not the soldiers that the Israelites' army first encountered and so would have been easily overcome and killed. When we are facing a situation that we have previously encountered, it is so important for us to first seek the Lord because he could well have a new and different strategy for us to use to overcome the enemy. The devil and his demons will often use the same tactics to try and destroy us or cause us to despair. But just because they are using the same tactics, so we need to seek first the Lord and hear what he has to say about the situation. We don't just do what we did the first time. We need to ask of the Lord how we are to overcome and attack the enemy. Father God is not going to get upset with us when we keep coming to him for guidance and direction when we're facing adversity or challenges in our lives. Challenges that the enemy has brought against us. He wants us to come to him and spend time with him. Asking him for leading, guidance and strategy to overcome the obstacles that we are facing in our lives. Be like David and seek the Lord first. And that came through yesterday in the prayer meeting. God was just saying, and I started preparing this, this message two weeks ago and had it nearly complete before the prayer meeting. And I just loved it about God, how he just ties things together. What came through in the prayer meeting was what I had prepared from two weeks ago. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 is one of my favorite verses. When we are facing anxious moments in our lives, God tells us to come to him and make known to him the things that are troubling us. And he will give us his peace in our hearts and minds as he deals with the situation. When we are facing anxious moments in our lives, God tells us to come to him and make known to him these things that are troubling us. And he will give us his peace in our hearts and minds as he deals with our situation. Learn from David and take all your troubles and battles to the Lord and ask for him to give you the direction and solution to your situation. Amen. So, we've got some discussion questions. Firstly, what stood out for you in this message? That's the one that I ask all the time because each one of us hears a different thing when God is speaking to us. Secondly, when you are facing challenges and difficult situations, how do you deal with them? Thirdly, do you have any challenges in your life that you're still waiting for answers from God? Share and then pray for one another, especially if question three is relevant. Okay. For those of you online, to ask you to have a look at these questions, and if you're with someone that you can discuss them with, please discuss them. For the rest of you in the hall, let's discuss.